Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. <laughs> I think that's an old Dave Chappelle quote. Not even sure, but we're recording from South Philly. And got another episode for you. And I've decided uh, to collect my thoughts and go right off the dome with another intro for you. And in these intros, I'm really trying to just capture what's going on in my life right now. It, this is a podcast that I'm hosting, so sort of just speaking to you from my own experience and hope that it's interesting enough for you. And also just trying to capture what are the major themes of this conversation that you may be about to listen to. Now this conversation is... Actually, it took a little courage for me to take the step towards this conversation because I wasn't sure how personal I wanted to get with this podcast and also wasn't sure uh, how it would be to interview someone that I'm so close with. Um, but this podcast is with my dear partner, my sweetheart, and uh, someone that I, I believe I've known through many lifetimes. It's Lavina, Lavina D'Angelel. And another reason this, this conversation took some courage for me is uh, just to be honest with you, throughout the earlier stages of our relationship, um, I underwent this experience from time to time in which I got embarrassed by things Lavina would say. And it's a really tough feeling, and, and it, this is almost a confession. And I remember Lavina telling me, like, her mom would, would say, Don't ever get embarrassed by me. Don't ever feel embarrassed by me. And, um, and I remember feeling, as a kid, I, I, there were times I felt embarrassed by my parents. I didn't want them to come, like, walk me into my friend's house or walk me into the party or something. or didn't want them, people to see them picking me up. Um, embarrassment is not a great feeling at all. And I would feel embarrassment because Lavina is an Lavina's a flower child. <laughs> if if uh, maybe those words make sense to people, but she's like very the way Lavina speaks is far out, and pretty much ninety nine percent of our conversations end with Lavina saying, "It's just all love," <laughs> um, and that's it's. It's so true. I mean, Lavina has awakened in me uh, such a, a deeper connection with with spirit. And, and even as I say these words, I'm like, "Wow, really, Harry? Like, I'm 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 talking about spirit, and I don't know. It's tough. Another part of this podcast is is like inviting all kinds of people of all different thought processes and creeds and belief systems like if you're a staunch materialist okay better you know right on just have a listen or maybe you're like a total you know astral astrology and spirituality all of that speaks to you it's like i want this podcast to connect all ends of the spectrum 
and to break down the walls. Like, let's have Republicans and conservatives and Democrats and liberals and everyone. Let's just come together and just have a conversation. That's what this is about. And so this conversation with Lavina, you know, it, it took a little courage um, just because... I suppose just because I want the things that are said on this podcast to feel understandable to the listeners. And uh, and I I was just concerned that, you know, if what Lavina would have to say, I, I can see... Maybe I'm jaded. Maybe I'm jaded. And that I feel like people could hear some of these things and be like okay here we go got some hippies on the microphone and talking about peace and love but okay yeah maybe we are talking about peace and love like is that that that's what feels important to me is uh accessing states of personal peace and love and then sharing that with the world so anyway Lavina, in this conversation, is fresh off the airplane, and uh, she's got wide eyes and big smiles and great stories, and uh, I'm excited for people to hear this. I'm excited for everyone at the dental office where Lavina works, and our relatives, our friends, and we, we enter into some uncharted territory here gets a little um, a little daring towards the end where the you know some of the themes that messages that we bring up have to do with sexuality and intimacy and uh, topics that are less discussed in our mainstream society um, and so once again, I'm just inviting listeners to just observe it all, you know? Try, try not to judge. Try not to react. Just take it all in. Um, because really, the, our intentions are not to put anyone off or make anyone feel uncomfortable. Our intentions are simply to illuminate aspects of our, our realities and, and our identities and, and this day-to-day -day life. Illuminate these aspects don't get touched upon as much and that we feel um, deserve to be touched upon in order to bring about clarity and understanding of ourselves and about others and yes greater states of peace and love <laughs> peace and love so I got a lot of love for this girl and just as it goes, when we the people we love most sometimes disturb our peace the most. Um, I hope that makes sense. Like living with a partner, spending lots of time with a person, um, they it, it can it reflects aspects of ourselves. For the whole month where, when Lavina was gone, I was like, "Wow, check me out! I'm just growing, 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 loving and and." just feeling great every day and I'd wake up and just go into my morning practice and come home at night and read and write and you know I was I was pretty much alone when I would 
when I'd be home and spend a lot of time alone. And then Lavina comes back and suddenly I'm like, what the heck's going on? I am not feeling as good as I was throughout that month. It must be Lavina. I shouldn't be living with this girl. <laughs> and of course we talked and we communicated and that's what's so beautiful about a relationship is healthy communication. All right, let's talk about this. I'm not feeling so good about something. Let's talk about this. And what has become clear to me is that it's it's these people in our lives that that do truly reflect back at us that which needs to be addressed in ourselves. And you know, the flip side of the coin as one wise man once told me, the people we love most are the ones who show us the qualities we wish to actualize in ourselves. And yeah, the flip side of that is the people we love most show us things in ourselves that we need to work on. Um, so I won't, I won't go into detail about what it is I personally need to work on because, well, it's, it's just kind of difficult to articulate it. it. It's actually, it is tough. It's a tough process to actually narrow down, okay, this is what's not serving me. This is what I need to work on. So still working on finding the words for this, but, um, it can just be something as simple as Harry you didn't clean this dish well enough. Why don't you leave me alone? <laughs> I, it's fine. <laughs> and of course, it's not about the dish. It's about something deeper. Um, being willing to make mistakes and being willing to receive feedback. And uh, it's just, it's a gift. It doesn't matter if it's a romantic partner or um, a really close friend or a brother or a sister, or mother or father, you know, the people that are closest to us, whoever they might be, they are our teachers. And of course, everyone we encounter is a teacher, but these, these are the teachers we come into contact with most, you know, there's this old saying, it's like, yeah, I thought I was enlightened. And then I came home and spent 10 minutes with my mom and realized I still had a lot of work to do. And uh, of course, of course, that my, my mom is my teacher then. If, she's, if she is stirring up these things in me that cause stress and frustration and irritation, it's not my mom that's causing these things. It's within me. It's always within us anytime we get angry. And so she's my teacher then if she's illuminating these aspects of myself that that are not serving me so all of this and a whole lot more <laughs> this conversation talking about these experiences of ourselves, learning about ourselves, and and, and I'm, I, as a host and an interviewer, I'm curious to speak with people when they return from journeys, 
traveling journeys. I think a lot of growth happens during these traveling journeys. And so while it's fresh in, in your mind, come talk to me. Let's talk about your journey. Share it with the world. Thank you. Thank you all. Just so much gratitude. I, I don't know how many people this reaches, but to every single one of you hearing this, I'm honored to serve. And please enjoy. Peace. Lavina D'Angelo. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You have been on quite a journey this past month. Yeah. Across the world in foreign land. Mm. And that's sort of the impetus for sitting down and recording with you. I think you've got some wonderful insights and stories and ideas to share. You've already been telling me a little bit about it. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to actually first just make use of a practice that I've really learned from you, actually. Mm. Really um, have brought this into my life a lot more since we've been together, which is intention setting. Mm. And mm. so i just like to offer it up to you to start if there's any intention you'd like to set for this conversation or even for some larger experience. I guess hmm. feeling into it. My intention would just be to be open so that whatever comes through, whatever sounds, whatever words this mouth, these mouths of ours create, you know, are allowing something to come through. So, yeah, just being open, just opening and allowing whatever's meant to come through to come through. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, where to begin with you? Yeah. One that's already low. Okay, nice. That's good? That's good. Okay, getting the lighting right. <laughs> this, is, this is our first day back together. Just got back to the States yesterday. <laughs> wow. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, we've got quite a, a, a history together. We actually live together, <laughs> share a bedroom, mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes do each other's laundry. You do a lot, my laundry more often. So just to give people an idea of <laughs> our connection, our relationship, and... Uh, so you've been sharing with me about some of the experiences in India. And you went to India without much of a plan at all. Yeah. And you left it to left it to the universe to just guide your flow. 
So, was there fear? Was there anxiety? What, what kind of things were you feeling at the beginning of your trip? Wow. That's a good question. Okay. So, yeah, I went with no plan aside from booking a hostel the first night that I arrived. In Delhi. In Delhi. Mm-hmm. Delhi is a crazy city. What you arrived there at what time? Um, I think my plane landed around seven thirty in the evening, so it was night, and I was just like, "Let me get somewhere right away," because you know I don't, I have no idea what's happening. And I, f- I feel like the scene yeah. of stepping out of an airport in India for the first time yeah. is a kind of a monumental experience. Yeah. What was that scene like for you? You know, it was actually much more mellow than I had imagined. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Because landing in Costa Rica, it's just wild. People uh-huh. are like, oh, you need, you need taxi, baby, uh, Linda, Linda. Like, it's like, boom, in your face. This is Costa Rica. Yeah. And there, I just, there were people with signs, like, waiting at this line and, you know, maybe a few questions of asking if I need a taxi, but it didn't feel invaded at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. Different from my experience. Yeah. I don't know if it was the time of night. I, I, I just feel like I felt very welcomed in India. Very, a recurring theme. It was just like gentle. I felt the gentleness. And this is, you know, my experiences. A short while, short. And um, the places that I went weren't, weren't as harsh maybe as others Mm. could be but yeah getting off the plane it was mellow and I had um a tip from the hostel that I was staying where I was staying where I would be staying um of which service to use to know that it's trusted and Mm -hmm. they knew where to go Mm -hmm. and all of this so I went straight to them and asked if they could call the people at the hostel and they weren't able to get through but yeah it was pretty simple and got to the hostel by I'm not sure what time, but they're, again, welcomed with, you know, there was this, a dog, and, and right away, someone had a bowl of pasta, and he just offered me a bite, and, yeah, people playing music, the Beatles were playing. and At the hostel. At the hostel. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I should say, you had one just inkling of a plan, which was to fly to Goa. Yeah. And reunite with a friend of ours. Yeah. And then from there, really... No plan at all, but that was like, okay, I'm actually going to do this. Yeah, that was, yeah, there were a few days of that feeling happening. But I guess I should back it up and say, it's not that I was experiencing fear or anxiety, because I really actually get a lot of joy um, and comfort in experiencing life with this idea of the unknown. Yeah. It's very comfortable for me, like being pressed into this state of surrender, you know. But, of course, I say that when my physical comforts or physical needs are taken care of. Um, And in the travel there, like, it was 31 or 36, I forget, 31 to 36 hours of commute, you know. So that was actually where the struggle, I was hit with that struggle right off the bat. Like the moment that you and I parted ways and I, you know, we had our 
our romantics <laughs> stepping farewell. away. Farewell. Goodbye. Goodbye. I know. Just, watching you walk away, I, I oh. started to tear up. Oh yeah, I was feeling, I was feeling alone, and I did feel fear then, um, and just I yeah, I was feeling a lot of uncertainty at that time and waiting in the airport, all the. So maybe even backing it up a little more. Yeah. Because I think leading up to this trip, you were encountering some folks who may have been feeling like, you don't have a plan? Like, so <laughs> what's the point? What are you doing? Right. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, part of this was to really actually just, on a very simple level, experience a warm climate, mm, get a break yeah, from the winter. Right. But then also to step into that world of flow where there are no obligations, no responsibilities, no deadlines, mm. no having to check your schedule. Mm. So seeking those two things. Right. And then also, you know, what, speaking about intention, mm. what were some of your intentions in addition to those in going to India? Nice, yeah. So... Am I speaking on anything that people were saying or just my intention? So, yeah, I guess a lot of feedback from people being like, what? You're just going to India? Especially, um, you know, friends at the dental office and people who are living these lives where they're, you know, working, working their jobs on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's a very far out idea very far out concept to, to have no plan when when structure is, is so it's such a, a yeah prevalent and high a priority and focus in our society and in the in this American culture really for a lone for, 26 year old girl yeah, to, to just travel hop to India, India, India yeah with no plan <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Sound, totally far out for, yeah. for most people I would guess yeah um but I think it's been a gradual process of me doing that. You know, I've take I've been like dipping my toe in the water and just, you know, I think maybe I've gotten my toes in. Maybe the ball of my foot is now in the water. Maybe maybe a little bit, like inching toward the heel. I'm like stepping in a little bit deeper and deeper into this. In my travels, you know, I I I went for five days and then I went for what twelve days and, or I had these like blips of time where I've gotten to experience this flow state and. Yeah, big, big desire to get away from the cold for the month of February, just because I was feeling... Tough month. Tough month. <laughs> tough month in the Northeast. Yeah, tough month, man. The cold, I'm, I'm, I've, I've realized how taxing it is on my well-being, personally. You know, just feeling like it's a, it's a struggle, and, and debating on whether or not that struggle is for my growth. Right. And, and this year was the first year that I took... Uh, where I, I, I practiced consciously to develop a, a greater acceptance and, or tolerance, rather, mm-hmm. to, to the cold. Mm-hmm. You know, practicing taking cold showers and breathing more deeply. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I did learn a lot in the month of January, December. It's holidays, so there's these feelings. But January was where it was like, okay. There's there's work, there's life, there's um, biking in Philadelphia, in the cold, bundling up, 
and I feel like I really transcended a lot of a lot of what's the word I've just been pulled down by the cold I've been just miserable in the cold for so long so this year I feel like there's been a major transition in that mm-hmm. I'm really grateful and, and that was sparked by you and actually and Christina as well friend Christina um, just because I'm not a person I like to be around when I'm miserable and whining and complaining so yeah grateful for that and also grateful to get away so that I can just not be putting myself in a state of suffering I don't know I think that's also a common theme that we need to suffer, you know, in order to grow. Yeah, and just in general, that like suffering is part of life. Yeah, that like we need to persevere and make right. it through. Endure. Endure. Yeah, like is that right? Why? Why? Maybe. I think there's a balance there's to a all balance. of it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but. I think that following our peace, following that pull towards where we're thriving, you know, suffering for growth, you know, not, not necessarily suffering for growth, but like, like in the month of January, having this, these things that poke at me, that make me feel discomfort and I have to, you know, transcend the mind. Definitely. There's big power in that, but following the call, um, the pull towards my happiness and towards peace and for, towards lightness and joy, all of that, that just seems like it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Following that, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to downplay this aspect of your journey. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, um, you know, it's common for people to escape the cold yeah. during winter. Yeah. But I... I I don't think escape is the right word for you. Like mm. you have really set this intention yeah. of of using the cold to be an important part of your spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And so you reached a point where you decided, okay, this there's been major growth happening this winter, but yeah. I don't want to overdo it. Yeah, and actually this goes back to the year prior. It was a promise I made to myself. So that was a big part of it. Because if I didn't follow through with that promise, then it's it's like, what good is my word if I can't even keep my word to myself? And the promise was? The promise was to cultivate a life where, a lifestyle where I am not in the Northeast during the winter. The coldest winter during months. During the cold winter months, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, at least, yeah, having the freedom to not, you know, it doesn't, it's not like this is the rule now, yeah. but... I, I promised myself that I wouldn't be here in the winter this, in 2000, what, I guess 2019. Yeah. In 2018, I was like, I, this is it. This is the last time I'm doing this. Yeah. I, I think this is a really important part of this conversation is like finding that balance between enduring and, and then seeking, um, relief. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what is it accepting resisting or making a change yeah oh that's funny it just came up in another conversation really that i'll be posting soon wow those three yeah it's like grant me the courage to accept that which i can't Mm. change the serenity to oh no it's grant me the serenity to accept that which i can't change the courage to change that which i can't accept 
and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm, yes. Beautiful prayer. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's that. That's it. And then there's another aspect to this, which which is this world of obligations, deadlines, scheduling. Right. And particularly for you and me, and for a lot of people in our generation, we live in this gig economy. There's no longer the gig. Gig. There's no longer the nine to five where yeah. just like every day is like, I go to this job, I come home. Right. It's like you teach four yoga classes in four different studios around the city. You teach in two different areas where you're working with little kids to teach them about music and mindfulness. You work at a dental office a few times a week. Like and the you, kids yoga too. And kids yoga, an after school program. Mm. Like you definitely have a smorgasbord of gigs and it requires you to constantly be looking at your schedule remembering communicating with all these different Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and I have a very similar lifestyle so I can totally understand like there are some times where I'm just like enough enough of like having to constantly check my schedule and know exactly what's happening today like how beautiful to have some time where I'm free of all obligations, deadlines, and responsibilities. And I think a lot of people feel that. And you made a sacrifice. You saved money. And you worked hard to save that money. And you decided, okay, I'm actually setting this time aside. And I think this really does come back to what you said before about, like, that our lives need to be this endurance and this um, perseverance and, and like, yeah, you, you, I think what's so beautiful about this journey that you took is you might challenge some folks to begin to look at their own lives and say, well, why not? Why can't yeah. I just take a month to go travel yeah. to another country yeah. and be without these obligations? Yeah, I, I hope. I hope so. Because I think it's so powerful and important to experience living in that state of unknown, of unknown, of, of without knowing, without knowing where, where I'm going to sleep or, you know, what I'm going to eat or how I'm going to do all of that, you know, within reason. I, I think it's just, it really challenges the mind in this way where, it's like being pushed into a wall mm-hmm. in this way where without surrender, it's just uncomfortable. And you, you're just reminding me of this story I once read about... This guy wrote an article about vacations and, oh. and the way that we perceive <laughs> our vacations in this society. Yeah. And he said he, he wrote an article about his experience going on a cruise ship. And he's on this cruise ship where every single moment of the day was structured and planned. Yeah. And he could be doing a class or at the pool mm. and the, like the endless amount of activities to do on this cruise ship. And he could always be stimulated doing something, being entertained. Mm. And then when he came back after the cruise ship to his day-to-day life, he found himself standing in a grocery store line feeling immensely impatient. Where mm. he just was like so stressed out. And he found himself in traffic, feeling stressed out. I, on and, vacation. No, no, no. This is now back yeah. in his day-to-day life. And all the stresses of daily life seemed even more weighted, more stressful. 
And he realized that like that kind of vacation, it just actually, it, it didn't so much contribute to his growth as much as just like he lived in this bubble for two weeks yeah. and then now he's back in the struggle right. of right. life. Um, and, and the struggle of life is inevitable. Like we're going to find ourselves in traffic. We're going to find ourselves waiting in a long grocery store line. And, you know, this trip that you took where you didn't have every moment planned out Mm -hmm. and and left lots of space for sitting and wondering and meditating. And, and I guess this will remain to be seen is like, now you're back in society and, um, you know, how, how will that time abroad, how, how to integrate exactly. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a question that didn't get fully answered back intention yes okay yeah so my intention for this trip in in stepping into that so giving a month this is now basically double what I've given myself before I've had 14 days this time I pretty much probably had around 28 or so so about a month of just moment to moment um my intention and my intention for 2019, all of this is purpose. You know, what is my purpose? What have I come to this earth to to deliver, to share? What is my body? What is my heart? What is my soul here to share with the world? Because I feel like it's like a pilot. There's like this pilot on. There's like a fire, you know, Mm. and there's like the little pilot light and it's Mm -hmm. there and it's just waiting to ignite. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm, and I feel the fire ready to burst and like, you know, like just be uh, a raging fire because I feel this power, but it's lying somewhat, you know, it's been lying somewhat dormant and it's, or, but it's like waiting to just be unleashed, you know? This, this passion to share healing with the world in some way, but what what is my specific journey? What does that look like? What does that entail? How can I best facilitate healing for others? You know, healing for myself, healing for my soul, and and how to share that with others. Um, so that's a that's constantly. No, I should say that as of this year, that's kind of where my focus has been directed. What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. So, going to India with open arms, mm. you know, completely open, mm-hmm. no expectation, you know, imagining maybe it would have something to do with yoga, asana. Right. But that actually hardly showed its face, you know, which is very interesting. Um, I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm so excited to bring back what I've learned and like these new sequencing new flowing right. new 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 dharma talks topics going to the homeland of yeah. of this practice that for the past few years has been very important to you yes. yoga asana yes. yes and the practice you know the study the wisdom of yoga of course but thinking that it would come through when i return in in the asana practice right right and um yeah i was uh, a lot more than i don't know if i want to say more it was much different than I could have ever imagined, I guess I could say. So, you're in India. 
You make your way to Goa. Mm -hmm. You arrive in Goa to reunite with a soul brother, Davidio. Davidi. And I think that was nice the way you planned that. That you, uh, you know, just Again, for the it's first, like dipping my toe yeah, in. dipping it's your toes, like, little yeah. comfort, mm -hmm. little uh, security. familiarity, mm -hmm. security for your first week in India. Yeah, I don't even know if we had a full week, but yeah, the first few few days we got to share together. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and so this town that you found yourself in, Arambol, is what it's called. Yeah. So. Can you describe Arambol? It's not... <laughs> for anyone who's been to India, I think... Yeah. It's not really like... Maybe people, the image of India that people would imagine. Right. It's, yeah. it, it is definitely a place where, where people... Travelers. Um, are tra travelers are visiting. Big time. Big time tourist town. Um, I guess there's this, this... You know, there are... How to, how to describe Arambol? It's just... There's a uh, constant flow of energy that can be tangibly felt. It's like people weaving and bobbing and moving. And there's a current, you know? It's like um, a school of fish just like moving and then like something comes and they get out of the way and they merge back together and expand and contract and boom, boom, boom. There's a lot of motion and a, a very uh, comforting flow I would say you know if, if you've ever experienced being at a festival how everyone's kind of finding their own flow state right you know there are a bunch of workshops there there's music there's entertainment there's different elements for everyone to kind of find their place and it was basically like experiencing a festival in the size of a town hmm. everyone's just flowing and you know scooters mopeds everywhere so kind of like the cruise ship that i imagine there is an opportunity for activity all the time in a way what is this cruise ship like the cruise ship i mentioned earlier where he's there's like all these activities oh, for him to do right. all the time like yes. in arambol there's just like an abundance of oh activities gosh. and experiences and events and gatherings. Constant. There's what, like what? What's happening? It's it's overwhelming. I could, <laughs> I had to not even. And, and it's, this actually ripples into my how I do um, engage with going to festivals. I don't look at the schedule because it's overwhelming. There's so many opportunities. It's like going into a store looking for, you know, maybe you're looking for some beans and there are then all these different kinds of beans and all these different ways that they're, you know, packaged. And it's like, oh man, all I want is, a, is, is some beans, but it's like, I can't, you just have to just let it happen. So the paradox of choice, the, when, we're, when we're overwhelmed with yes. a multitude of choices, it actually becomes harder to make a decision. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I pretty much just didn't even try. I just like let my eyes float around to some of the flyers and whichever one caught my eye. Potentially that will be where I'll go. You know, always just like allowing for the seeds to be planted and you know which one is going to bloom. Yeah, I can I can relate. Like there's pressure in this like I must find myself in the perfect experience that will be 
just right for my growth. <laughs> and and I often get caught in this internal dialogue of like, yeah. oh, I went to the wrong place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. And I can imagine that in a lot of people's experience. Um, and I think I've developed a practice with that idea specifically to where at this point I just feel like it's kind of easy for me to just be like as soon as my mind begins to travel along that path like boom no I'm exactly where I'm meant to be this is exactly where I'm meant to be and the moment that I step into that awareness life the switch there's a switch that happens it's like it's like the light switch goes from off to on and I'm able to see, you know, the light is now on. I'm able to see with, with clarity that everything is, is directed and, and guided and I really have no choice anyway. Would you say that almost becomes like a mantra of mm-hmm. this way of traveling, which mm-hmm. is like, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a practice because without that, it, it gets uncomfortable you know, the moment that I step into a state of resisting where I am or I start to feel like I need to speed up my pace, I need to walk to get somewhere, I need to, faster, you know, I need to be somewhere that I'm not and I, I step out of the present moment, then then maybe I'll trip or maybe I'll, I'll bump into someone or maybe, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, things just start to go a little awry and, and, and it's... It, Hit, start hitting red lights. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what kind of experiences did you find yourself in? Okay, let's see. Well, dance, ecstatic dance is offered almost every single day of the week. So Sunday mornings, Monday evenings. I think there might be contact improv on Tuesday, which I didn't end up finding myself at. Um, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, Friday evening, and I think Saturday evening. Right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So much dance, which is great. You know, I think that was one of the... The second night I was there, I think David and I went to the dance, and it was amazing. Yeah, really, really great. Everyone seemed so free. Everyone just seemed free in their expression their self-expression, really beautiful beings, you know, and and maybe that's through a filter of mine, like I'm just seeing these people and it's like how I envision beauty, you know, like just, just free self-expression and, and their movement, all of it, just beauty, um, open for connection, open, openness. Were these dances outside? Oh, yeah. They were at the source. You know, the, the names, as this story continues, if, if we're going along this journey of India, like, the, the names of these places are so magical. Yeah, so found myself at the source <laughs> where it all began. And, yeah, lots of connections. And maybe I, I share the connection with, with Juan. Okay. This male body, beautiful being. Um, we shared in this this dance, but there's space between us, and like we're just like moving this energy, and I feel like we made a vortex, and just moving and flowing and dancing, and I'm feeling like wow, 
this is beautiful. Got to share in this connection with this being. And um, later in the dance, we ended up experiencing contact, and we're having a beautiful flow of our moving that energy, but now in contact, and it was just really beautiful. By the end of the dance, we uh, got to connect and communicate. Verbally. Verbally. <laughs> yeah. Verbal communication. You had already communicated quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. And in that verbal communication, we got to um, exchange contact information. And Contact. Lots of contact. Oh, uh, yeah. Contact information, Facebook, (laughs) social media. Um, yeah, so that was, that was the exchange. And then the evening went on, David and I left and was this the, that first ecstatic dance you went to there? Okay. So boom, like first, pretty much first real night there. Yeah. Make this connection with this guy. And yeah, I think what drew you to him on the dance floor? There there was like this powerful attraction mm-hmm. call, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. what was that? Yeah, it, I wasn't sure what it was. But it was exciting. It felt just... Yeah, I feel like I couldn't put words to it. But I felt a pull. Like, wow, I'm curious about this person. What is this person doing? Why do I feel this this attraction? Why do I feel this pull? Why am I thinking about them you know <laughs> and, and at, at first you approached him on the dance floor while he was with his partner no no so now another a sister beautiful sister stephanie um first he and i had shared that non okay. non-contact yep. and then they were sharing in a dance and and i was curious to exchange so that all three of us could be dancing but my offering, my energy, sharing in that space, it didn't seem like they were opening up the circle, so I just had to detach from that desire and um, just, you know, surrender that it's it's fine, it's fine. However, then, as yeah, then I, I surrender and I see that they're not dancing together anymore and he and I then dance together and by the end of the dance, all three of us are lying in a cuddle puddle, just like <laughs> connecting and, and loving and feeling you know, just free. And for the record, that's pretty much par for the course for an ecstatic dance. Yeah. It's like meet, dance, cuddle puddles, and uh, lifelong friendships. Yeah. <laughs> ecstatic dance is, is really healing. Really healing. Freeing. Liberating. I would say liberating. So you connected Got it, uh, an ability to maintain communication with Juan. With Juan. Yes. So the following day, I go on his Facebook and I see under his profile picture a list of certifications or whatever they are. You know, you can you can make your about me mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. And I see International School of Temple Arts. Level one, International School of Temple Arts, level two. And I'm like, what? International School of Temple Arts, what is this? That sounds amazing. And I start to kind of bounce around, but Wi-Fi is pretty glitchy in India. So I wasn't having much luck. And I'm seeing other posts on his Facebook that are just talking about... It just, all of it really intrigued me. 
like, what is this? I, I'm curious. This sounds like everything that I want to know. What, what, what about it was intriguing you? I mean, International School of Temple Arts in itself that is name. a pull. I'm just like, what is the International School of Temple Arts? I want to learn about Temple Arts, you know? Um, were there key words that were standing out? Um, I think I did see shamanism. I saw sacred sexuality, tantra, all of this. Yeah, those were some key words that yeah. were standing out. Um, but I feel like I saw things that had to do with healing yeah. and... Yeah, transformation. Keywords that I'm just like, oh, whoa, what's happening? More attraction. Yeah. So then I messaged him and we made plans just to connect again at sunset. So. You love meetings at sunset. Meetings at sunset. <laughs> yeah. It's a precious time. Yeah. Magical time. Transformation, right? You know, from one day. Moving into another yes. moment, yes. watching the sun going down in the sky, but what's really happening? Wow, <laughs> you know, the earth is moving. And Crazy. you feel it, feel the whole earth moving. You can just see it, it's yeah. like happening right in front of our eyes. Yes, yeah, so here we go. Um, wandering along the beach and intending to meet up with him but not really sure where he is I know he's just with friends and so I meet him outside of Love Temple on the beach at sunset and sit down and just sit in this space and the people he was with everyone's already so open for connection there's there's contact physical contact you know where it we're sitting in a in a semicircle or whatever and there's just a hand on the knee you know just this this awareness of connecting you know we're here together boom boom right you, as you approach them you see them and they're they're already just in well they were in that interaction and then i came in and and even just the subtlety of kind of shifting the body so that it's not. It's no longer this par. This like face to face. Oh. There's this opening of the circle. They like, open to you. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Very. A lot of intention. Yeah, that's that's important. It's really important. I feel that a lot yeah. to approach a group of friends and and just the simple gesture of opening up your body so that you can become a part of it. It's yeah. So wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's a really beautiful awareness to have. And to, to share. And it's like, oh, hey, come join us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we're all a part of it. There's yeah. no, like, yeah, no no pushing aside in any way. It's a lot like ecstatic dance. Mm -hmm. Like you approached Juan and Stephanie Yes, and, and they didn't. They didn't know. They weren't up. opening to that energy, and I wasn't sure if they were aware of it or if they were in their own place. But that was a lesson for me. You know, it's a beautiful I, I, lesson. It's a yeah. beautiful lesson on these subtleties of the energy that's going on. Shall I touch back on that? Sure. Because I started noticing this animal, animalistic energy in me. It was desirous, desire. Like, you know, I want it to be interacting with them. And my mind is going. And I'm then having thoughts of, am I unwanted? Am I not good enough in some way? Or do they not want me to be here? Can they feel that I'm reaching, that I'm desiring for them? And none of that felt good. You know, so how do I how do I move through that as these thoughts are coming up because we're in 
in a dance or in this space where verbal communication isn't happening. So I'm left with this, this operating in my mind and it's in me. So it's something to work through because this will ripple out into other places in my life, you know? So um, I'm working with that, with these thoughts and feeling like they're probably sensitive to me wanting to come into that space. So I step away physically and I'm still having thoughts of wanting to be around them. But I told myself I need it to quiet that. Just let go of those thoughts. Just let it go, let it go and surrender. And thinking, I bet the moment that I surrender, they'll probably stop dancing together anyway. And it took you know, maybe another minute or two for me to fully let it go because in my mind there was still this like invisible string connecting me to to them and I felt that we're in this this energy, this ecstatic dance, this this container where they would even be sensitive to that and I felt like I was invading. Hmm. I was It was invasive and I really hmm. didn't want to be putting that energy out. Yeah. So I let go and it felt good. Boom, okay, except... Now, here I am, I'm open to connect with whoever, I don't need to be attached to these two specific beings. And then, the moment that I did surrender, I turn around and I see Stephanie over there dancing, and, you know, it, it happened, just as I imagined, the moment that I surrender, that they would just be in their own flow again. <laughs> I mean, kudos to you, that, that's something that, in the past, could have could have I could have like harbored that all night, you know, for mm. something like that to happen where I, I start to doubt myself and mm. feel like I'm harshening the vibe on everyone. Yeah. I could carry that all night. Wow. And so yeah. you know, for you to just like whew, clear that in a yeah. couple minutes is really powerful. Wow, yeah. It's it's all these are all really the word that comes to mind is fun. It's a fun practice to play with the mind in this way. You know, to have the ability and the opportunity to observe as these things arise and to see what it's doing, to see how it's affecting my physical body. You know, like increase in heart rate, mm. tightness in my chest. Yeah. You know, just an uneasiness. Yeah. doesn't feel good. Physically, right. it doesn't feel good. So what am I going to do about it? Surrender. There it is again, you know, just surrender. And then I, by in that surrender, then I'm open no more box, you know, no more limiting myself to this. This is what I want. This is what I need. It's like, no, no, no. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. I just need to be open. You know, open. And so, and so they and open the, to you. They open to me and, we, and then we did share. We, I got what I wanted anyway. You know, we're all we're in, in that cuddle puddle and then in connecting with Juan the next day. And even connecting with one the next day, they open to you. Yes, now, yes. Now it's open. Come yes. on in, Lavina. Yep. So then I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'm interested. What, what is it? What are these things that you have on your Facebook? What, what is the International School of Temple Arts? What are these trainings that you're doing? Um, and it was vague what he was saying in response. And the, the, the woman he was with, had also completed the ISTA, ISTA uh -huh. training as uh -huh. well. So she's like, oh, yeah. You know, and there's just something radiant about these people. There's something radiating energetically that's, I, it can be sensed. 
there's just something and it sparked a curiosity in me. And so I begin to ask him a little bit more about it and little sprinkle of, you know, magic, I guess. He said that just maybe a day or two prior, he had added all of those things to his Facebook. Oh. Like it was, he had nothing there. Wow. And then he decided, oh yeah, let me fix, you know, add these details I to mean, my Facebook. All of this is magical. Uh-huh. You know, it can't really be explained, I think. Like you just felt a call to go engage with him on the dance floor. Yes. You just happened to go on his Facebook and yeah. he had just happened to put it on the day before. Yeah. It's like, it comes back to this old saying, like there are no coincidences coincidence you know it's an incident happening and the recognition of it happening in this parallel way you know and that's where it's magical it's it's a it's a coincidence you know two incidents happening that are connected 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 incidents <laughs> right yeah so that's that bit and so then he begins to tell me a little bit more about this training, and this is where it was, I, I can reflect back to the moment I knew the, the school I'd go through for my yoga teacher training. It was, it was a deep sense of knowing. And I mean, man, I live for moments like this, like that. Those deep moments of knowing. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just, hit somewhere deep in my being and tears come to my eyes and for the yoga teacher training the 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 facilitators of the workshop that i attended there they're like well when you know you know Hmm. and now fast forward to this experience he begins to tell me about ista and he mentioned that there was going to be a training in goa and i got this whoosh this actual physical, it was as if a wave hit my body and I got sent back, like literally, boom, pushed back, eyes closed, wow. vision, oh boom. My God. And I'm sitting in, I'm sitting with my legs crossed, but I, I, I step out of my body and I'm very visual and I do have visions of light and I do have this, this insight that I experience regularly and Prior to this happening, I've been left to wonder, is it my imagination? Am I creating this? Is it something that I'm wanting to happen? And so now I'm seeing it in this way. But I'm learning to trust that intuition, to trust that insight. But this experience hit me. And it was unlike the visions that I typically have. So it was a transmission. It, it, it came through. So I get this whoosh, I'm hit, and then eyes closed down and I'm blasted off and I see this energetic body floating in space and I see like a laser beam of light coming through from, you know, infinitely up, like a ray, you know, infinitely up from the heavens, channeling through the crown, moving through the central body all the way down, out through and down and around that beam. And it was, it was red. It was like a very red skinny laser like beam, which isn't how I typically see light. Normally I see these like glowing um, beams of light, I would say. This was like a laser, like very thin. And around that was this golden spiral. And I was just like, 
boom, like in this state observing that. And then tears started flowing from my eyes and I'm like, whoa, what's happening? I think I'm meant to do this training. Yeah, and then I'm crying and kind of shaking and feeling, I don't know what's going on. I guess this is, okay, okay, what do I do? What do I do now? How do I go about this? And then I, I said, man, I wish I could connect with the facilitators to see if, if it truly resonates because now I'm experiencing the connection with this, this guy, Juan, and feeling like, He's got something that I want, you know, you know, following, like, like follows like, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got something that I want and, but now do, do I feel connected with the facilitators of this training or is this, again, is this in my imagination? Am I creating this because it's something that I want? Really? So you have this vision yeah, and it feels so powerful and then almost... Very soon after, you begin to question it. Doubt. It's doubt. Doubt. Yeah, man. Uncertainty, doubt, it's always looming, especially when it comes to finances, right? Because finance, money is very Energy. earthly. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, and the you, attachment you, to it. Hearing this story is interesting because you called me asking how I felt about it and, and you know, I guess seeking a little guidance from me to to yeah, was, tell you what I thought, whether or not it was a good choice to go do it. Yeah. And um, and I, I was encouraging. I was yes. like, go for it. Mm -hmm. But um, it's so interesting that that doubt can just rise up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's there. There's just fear comes up when a, when there's a soul call the mind is there to, to question it, right? There's this soul calling, but it, it starts as a whisper, right? We were just watching that video. It starts as a whisper, and this seemed, I mean, it was loud enough for me to see it, to hear it, to feel it, but the mind is then like, well, you know, is this just, is this just fantastical? Is this just da-da-da-da, you know? Is this a story you want to tell yourself? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm having this hope that I can meet with the facilitators to see if I too feel connected with them. And so turns out that he would be in a meeting with a bunch of ISTA facilitators the following day. And he said that he could ask them if it would be all right if I come to meet with them. And I'm like, wow, really, that's wonderful. That would be great. So he says... Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll confirm. I'll talk with them and confirm and see if that's okay. If you can meet them, um, we'll be at the Garden of Dreams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got the source, Temple of Love. Love Temple. Love Temple, and Garden, Garden of, of Dreams. Dreams. Yeah, so we meet at the source. You know, we reconnect at Love Temple at sunset. And the following day, I'm due to make my way to the Garden of Dreams to meet with the facilitators. The council. The council. And now he said about two o'clock, but they were having a meeting. So my thought is I don't want to interrupt the meeting to sure. in, to connect and um, be, again, invasive in any way. So, 
at this point, I'm feeling, this is now the following day, I'm feeling uh-huh. very much in the flow. And I was going about my day, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, wondering, oh, am I going to get there in time? And I'm like, shush, shush, trust. I'll get there exactly when I'm meant to get there. You know, no worries about the timing of, I don't remember what I was doing that day, but if I had to eat, if I had to go here, meet this person, whatever I intended on doing that day, I was in full trust that I would arrive there exactly when I was meant to. I didn't even know where the Garden of Dreams was. Oh. Okay, so you had to do a little navigational Mm, search. I didn't even try. I was just, I connected with a friend. I connected with another friend. She said, come, come. We'll walk. We'll We'll go. So she goes and, I wonder if I should share that element. That's a whole deep... How far, how deep to go, you know, because there's so many, so many glimpses of magic. Yeah. But we'll keep it at this fuller state. Uh We can dive in if we're feeling it. Yeah, yeah. So I arrive at the Garden of Dreams and I'm with a new friend and she has a pretty um, strong energy. She's, she lives in India, she's Indian and... Oh, it was it was fun for me to connect and have this this friend that, yeah, just like an instant friendship with with a, a female body, a sister. You know, I it's I don't Who's know. Who's native to, to the land? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just seeing all of these um, places like that, we end up connecting, and just how she's, yeah, yeah. Two gals from two, two different cultures yes. on the opposite sides of the world, and you just like come on, still soul sisters. Yeah, and. So we get to Garden of Dreams and she's wanting to eat and she's like kind of in this high energy and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow this down. And I expressed that I needed to enter into a meditative state as I was even stepping through the threshold of this. this it's a restaurant, but it's beautiful. It's, they use the land in such a way where it's like there are, you know, just the little stones on the ground that you can walk on and everything. They just, they cultivated the land and built a restaurant within those parameters. Wow. Yeah. Really beautiful. This this is the garden. This is the garden of dreams. Garden of dreams. Okay. You made it. I made it. And, um, it's about, I don't know, two 30 or so. And, um, so I, I asked her if I could just enter into my own space okay and you know enter into a meditative state so that I was aware of my steps and just really feeling into the flow and I didn't want to be like where are they am I supposed to meet them I had to go to the bathroom right you know so I just wanted to honor everything that I was feeling and move just in that like really aware of the trust what is that moment like for you walking into there yeah Uh, and the moment of centering just a deep breath Close your eyes. Close, I did close my eyes, brought my hands together at my heart, and maybe just kind of tuning in, just really coming into the present moment. You know, just really, okay, here I am. Yeah. I'm open. I'm ready. Whatever's meant to happen. You know, just stepping into that state of trust. Yeah, it's a beautiful practice. And, and it, it's interesting when we venture out into the world, you do that sometimes. And there's honestly like a little flare of me that's like self-conscious, like, oh, people might be looking at Lavina right now. And 
but I've started doing it too. I'm like, you know what? I'm walk I'm like on this sidewalk in the middle of the city. I need to just ground down and center for a moment. And even when I close my eyes and I like stand in mountain pose, Tadasana, there is still a little like chatter in my mind, like, oh, people are probably looking at me right now. But I, I do, you know, you've really inspired that in me. I, I think that's a beautiful practice to just like, no matter where you are, yeah. you can just stop and yeah. center and, and like become in tune with, mm. with every movement that's happening. Yes. Yeah, I get, I also get joy about, or joy from kind of putting myself in a situation. I didn't even realize that it was something that I did, you know, in regular life I, I, or that you noticed or anything. So that's funny to hear. Um, well, just people in our culture don't really stop and close their eyes in the middle of the street. A, a, in the middle of the street. Wow. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of like rushes of people. It's just, it doesn't happen really. So mm-hmm. it's, it stands out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... It's interesting to hear that, you know, your mind is wondering what people think or feel about that. And I think I do get joy in putting myself in a situation like that Mm. because I enjoy pushing away or not necessarily pushing away, but just relieving myself of those thoughts. Mm. Like I love not caring what people think about me. It feels so good. Like, I'm just like, I don't care. I'm weird. <laughs> you know, you can think I'm weird or you can think it's inspiring or you can think, you know, that's, that's your own, that's your own thing. I'm, it feels so good to be in a place where I can not worry about what others are thinking or feeling about me. Yeah. And, and that comes back to um, that ecstatic dance, you know, it took you a couple minutes, but boom, you cleared it. Mm-hmm. And by clearing it, it, it allowed you to remain open. Mm-hmm. And by remaining open, you were able to continue to connect with mm-hmm. these folks. And it's coming from a pure place as opposed to a place of desire. Yeah. You know, cause desire, um, depending on the context, I think can taint a, an interaction or a situation. Yeah, and even when you felt desire, you, you that's mindfulness. Mindfulness is being able to step back and mm-hmm. see, okay, mm-hmm. there's desire happening right now, so let me just uh, calm it down a little bit. Right. Yeah. So. So you ground down, you center, and you enter into Garden of Dreams. Garden of Dreams, and I... I'm like walking slowly, feeling every step, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I'm just looking <laughs> slowly because I didn't want to be searching. Where are they? Where are they? Right, right. You know, so I'm just looking. Even just moving your head slowly. Mm-hmm. Wondering if I'll see one. Is this is this meant to happen? It feels like it's meant to happen. Trust. If it is, if it isn't, make my way. Go to the bathroom. As I come out, boom, there they are. I walk over, and they're literally like closing the laptop, closing up their binders, whatever they have. They're just completing their meeting. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And they're saying, oh, yes, we're just finishing our meeting. And (laughs) Juan gives me a hug, hello. And they're all starting to stand up. It was literally that moment that they were completing. And they were like, we should get a picture. They were like about to take a selfie. And I was like, I can take the picture. So I get the camera and I'm about to take this picture. I start crying. I'm just crying. And I'm like, 
you're all just so beautiful and yeah. they receive it and they're like oh wow wow they're saying wow in this way like they're receiving it because they they know that it's coming from whatever it is that they're radiating because what they're radiating is this essence that we are and I'm sensitive to it in this in this moment <sighs> <laughs> and you cry like how do you cry that's so beautiful i'm just crying trying to take a picture of them uh, it's crazy i know it's crazy crying i've been crying a bit more lately i love to hear i that. can speak to it it's just so so healing like, oh, i love sometimes crying. i don't even know why i'm crying it's I just like this is beautiful and this crying is just an expression of me feeling that beauty. Yeah, it comes from the soul. It comes from, from feeling. Yeah. It's just a deep feeling. Yeah. It's that not that it's being expressed in tears. In water. You know, our body, our eyes, the, the window of our soul creates this flow that just comes streaming down our face. Wow. You know? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And they they, of course, they're not like, why are you crying? They receive it. They receive it. Yeah, so great. And then some of them trickle out, and, and the two facilitators that are going to be leaving this training in Goa remain. And I'm curious if this is going to be an interaction that feels deep. And already, if I'm crying, I'm like, wow. You know, and again, Wi-Fi is super glitchy there. So I start talking to... One of the facilitators, his name is Benoit, and he is also native to the land, Indian, oh. um, but has done much, he's done his traveling and studies elsewhere, but, you know, really wanting to bring this, this course, this uh, transmission to his homeland, mm. you know. Um, so he informs me that as of yesterday, and even as of two hours prior that this training is full, they're at max capacity. You know, and people have had signed up months and months prior, whereas I had never even heard of ISTA. You know, it just... Because they it, don't... They don't advertise. They don't advertise. It's all through word of mouth. Wow. Mm -hmm. And now it's in 45 countries. Yeah. It's really expanding. Um, so... What, did your heart drop when he said that? No, nothing. I actually had this, I was, I was just in this state of ease and pure acceptance. And I almost could have laughed. I was just like, you know, a little smirk on my face and nodded my head slowly. Like, haha, yeah, okay. Knowing, I knew that I was meant to do it. And, and I also was like, if I'm not, then okay, I'm not. Uh huh. Yeah, I was like, wow, then it, 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 was just, it was all just for that experience. But, yeah. but there was such a strong part of me that knew that I was meant to. So he logs on, and, and the Internet's all glitchy. It's taking time. And he's like, oh, wait, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, the, you know, we're in India. People could drop out, whatever. So he finally gets on, gets to the screen, whatever he finds, and sees that there's one spot available. Someone had dropped out. Don't know. Don't know. All you know, there's one spot available. <laughs> one spot available. And I'm like, well, okay. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. 
And that was how many days before the training was set to begin? A week, week and a half. Okay. How about just a little bit about that week? What's what what do you what are you going through during that week? Hmm. It was wavy. I was excited for the training, but I did feel this sense of what am I doing? Living this day to day experience in Arambol. I didn't feel directed. It just felt like I was chilling out. You know, mm. I, I, I wasn't looking forward. You know, it was so easy to connect with people. And I, and I typically have an easy time with that. There's so many beautiful people here. There's, you know, a lot of, there are these shops. Just so many shops. Um, so it's a tourist town. And I just didn't feel excited about having to go out to eat for every meal. And I, I'm like, I have so many connections, deep connections of, you know, you and our friends here. And I just don't feel like being extroverted. I don't feel like doing this day to day. So I was feeling like I wanted to go home sooner than my planned date of return. It's just like, I feel like, what am I doing? I, I would be doing more work, better, or what I felt was more impactful work being home. I didn't feel like I was growing in those, in this, these are some of the thoughts I was having, you know? Yeah, and, and yet, this week was like completely free, which is what what I was thinking I wanted. Yeah, that you didn't want to have any structure. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel... I don't know. I was just... I wanted some time for myself in those days, but I didn't really know where to go to find it. You know, I could have sat in my room, but that didn't feel that good because I wanted to be outside. But outside, there were so many people. Hmm. You know? Is this a city? It's like an urban a, area. No, no. Oh. Beach town. Okay. Beach town. So were you were you seek, hoping to be just like alone, closer to nature? Yeah, a bit more solitude. I think would have been nice, but but then also having nature to commute to be able to commune with nature. And that wasn't possible from where you were. I probably could have found it, but it seemed like I was in this kind of awkward state of waiting because the training was approaching. Yeah. I didn't want to go anywhere that was too far. I didn't have my own scooter. I didn't want to spend too much money in renting one or I didn't know where to go otherwise. And it wasn't bad. You know, this is this is all subtle. These are all subtle energies. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I was thriving or I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt like there was a lot of external stimulus and I feel that I've spent a lot of time, years, with this FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And I've recently had this revelation to experiencing joy in being relieved again of that FOMO. Yeah. 
like I don't need these external stimuli. Yeah. It's all it's always there's always people to connect with. There's always something to see. There's always something to do. Right. And I wasn't it wasn't fulfilling me. I didn't want for that in the in the in that week. I wanted to do the training. So I was ready for the training to start and then I wanted to come home. Which was crazy. I was like, I wanted to leave while I was home. I want to go home while I'm here. So am I really this discontent? Mm. You know, is there really this much desire for something more? You know, something that I'm not experiencing? But what it did show me was that I am so grateful for everything that I have here. Every, everything that is happening here, home. You know, feeling like, wow, the work that I... Um, have the opportunity to do with children I get to work with the youth in America yeah. and, and teach them about the chakras mm. you know teach them about awareness teach them about the breath mm-hmm. teach them about their emotions and how to experience and explore them mm-hmm. or you know this interaction with parent child mm. and, and just really feeling the power in all of that the power in the place that I've found myself you know I now have a platform I have these platforms to where my voice I can be used I can be used as a vessel because I now have these platforms to share Mm. so I I was feeling a lot of like wow I'm so grateful for all of all of the work that I have at home all of the connections I have at home it's beautiful and just and it really revealed how um, how much I, I need to just appreciate yeah. what I ha- already have. Yeah. So that was a strong lesson in that week. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, it just reminds me of this oracle card I once pulled. Mm. Um, sort of, sort of like tarot where you pull a card and yeah. it contains a message. Um, the card for me was like, yeah, it's, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's like yeah. how how great that you are so motivated to to um, to have an impact on the world and to take action and move, but just you know don't forget to just like remember these moments to uh, uh, to slow down and be grateful for everything you have right now. Mm. You know, it's great to mm. plan and to have goals mm. and be motivated, but. Don't forget about right now Mm. and all that there is to be grateful for right now. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, it seems like everything that's been happening along this trip of yours leading up to ISTA Mm. is like magical, falling in line. And yet this week could feel like, well, okay, now this week there's like no magic happening during this week. In a way, like perhaps all of that was even still just what you needed. Oh yeah. Entering into this training. Yes. Like to feel like con- a little confused and to feel like. You oh, know, I think I got sick in that week. That was the week you got sick. That was the week I got sick. Oh yeah. So of course it was magical. Yeah. Right. And that's not sarcasm. Seriously. That's yeah. real. I mean, I was purging every way possible. Yeah. And it was actually. Wow, man. Yeah, it's all so divine. It's just, yeah. I got food poisoning, it seemed. Eating my favorite dish. 
Veggie korma. Veggie korma. It was delicious. Melina's favorite in the <laughs> homeland. Yeah. It was so yummy, and it was with um, a friend I had made who also native to the land and really great friend. And um, yeah, I ended up getting super sick and purging out of every orifice. <laughs> Well, now, you have really taught me a lot about um, the energetic, less physical side of sickness. Yes. And how, really, when we get sick, it's less of like some germ entering our body and more about some emotional state that we're in right now that is making us vulnerable to that invasion in our body. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Where were you at emotionally? Like, why do you think that you happened to get sick at that time? Maybe it was my desire to be somewhere else. That, Like, I was feeling a little bit down, a little low. Hmm. But I feel like I really just needed to purge. I needed to create space to in order purify. to purify. Yeah, so I'm I'm literally emptied out. I had nothing in me. There was nothing left but some water and electrolytes, coconut water. You have a fever? I did have fever. So you were hot, burning. Um, yeah, I was weak. I could hardly move, and I had to keep running to the bathroom and throwing up at the same time. Burn it all away, Kali, burn it all away. If, if it, it doesn't, doesn't serve us, then burn it all away. Mm-hmm. There was one point actually just, I was, I was inside and I couldn't even make it to the bathroom and I had to sprint outside and just projectile vomit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was intense. It was just like, both ends, both ends, body at the same time. Yeah. It was so intense and it was maybe, maybe three days, two and a half. Gosh, poor girl. <laughs> I was so limp. You know, I was like, oh, oh God, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> it was hard to even get there. And I slept, I actually slept an entire day, which I feel like I've almost never done. Slept. Just really. So what was happening in, in that state of consciousness? You know, what... What was I receiving? Mm. Being asleep that entire time. Mm. Yeah. And then as I began, as my body began to calm down from that illness, I then shed. I began to bleed. Oh, you're moving. So, yep. So it was just all happening. <laughs> it was just like release. Yeah. Well. Totally. Yeah. So I like need to create space you know yeah need to like purge all that doesn't serve in order to create space for my cup to then be filled wow yeah it's like this phone that we're using to record this like Mm. does it have enough storage space on here to capture this it's like your body um was clearing Mm -hmm. because this training was gonna be a big download yeah Totally. Okay, but by by day one of this training, you were healthy again? Yes. And also another lesson of that week was prior to going to India, I was curious how my interaction with food and 
activity and how my body was going to end up being. Because at home I was feeling a bit lethargic, wanting to eat. You know, that's the winter, just like hibernation mode. And then feeling like I don't want to do anything else but stay in. And I got some nice food in my fridge. Yeah. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. (laughs) So it was really, felt so nice to not be so attached to food. So I went along my days not worrying about eating very much. I couldn't really eat. I would only eat a few things just to sustain. After getting sick. Mm-hmm. And But every time I would eat, my stomach would start to get a little like, you know, a little something would happen. So I was like, okay, I just keep eating really light and it feels good. My body feels good. Yeah. Now I'm practicing yoga and I feel yeah. light. I feel strong. I feel the yeah. sun. I feel energized. I feel the heat. So my body is open. I'm feeling flexible you know, flexible in my body, also flexible in my, in my life, you know, flexible in my decisions. And maybe it's worth even just touching upon your relationship with food and your body image. Yes. And just being a woman in this modern era, how it's very difficult to feel okay with, with just enjoying food. And, And you've told me, I think like every time you eat, there's this voice. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, um, it's been a journey for me as long as I can remember. Uh, flashback to being six years old, <clears throat> six years old, and my mom told me this story that I got really sick when I was six and I was throwing up a lot and I lost a lot of weight. And she said at one point I was looking in the mirror, looking at my body, and I said, Ooh, I'm skinny. I like this. At six years old, I want it to be skinny. It's like the the culture had already How did that implanted that conditioning. Yeah, culture and also mirroring my parents, I think, because this is this is a, the lineage, I think. You know, this body image which does come from society and the pressures, but you know, Both of my parents have these, not the most positive self-love image of themselves. They've always showered me with love, but it's not about what we preach, right? It's what we, um, we learn. We learn from observing, not from what we're told, I think, you know. Monkey see, monkey do. Mm. Mm. You know? So, yeah, it's been as long as I can remember just dealing with this constant nagging insecurity of my body image. You know, years of just shaming and hating, literally just grabbing my arm and wanting to rip the, the fat that I thought I saw off. Just grabbing it and wanting to rip it off like hurting harming my body because I'm so angry that I'm obese or fat you know just total body dysmorphia and then you know waves of feeling guilt when I put a bite of food into my mouth having thoughts maybe I should spit this out maybe and and actually following that sometimes sometimes just put something in my mouth spit it out like you know, and it comes in varying degrees of intensity. 
Um, in recent years, it's been, I feel that I've found the most peace. You know, it's, the voice is quieting. Still, it's becoming much more soft. The volume is being turned down, you know. Yeah, I think even just right now, there's the, we had our first meal together last night. We shared a nice dinner. And I could feel, I was wondering what it would be like for you to come back and how you might be interacting with food. Yeah. And, um, and I, I could really feel like um, you felt comfortable. And you're just like, you know, the whole lesson that you took from this was not to be even more disciplined about food. It was actually like to relax and enjoy. And, and you said something to me, if I can recall it, I asked you, this is a bit of fast forwarding now, but I asked you about Tantra. What is Tantra? And you said, well, one thing I've gained from learning about Tantra is there's no denial. I don't have to deny myself of... No pushing away. There's no pushing away. It's embracing. Yeah. Yeah, we had a beautiful dinner last night and we even had a little dessert. And I was just really impressed by the way that you just... We're like, yeah, I, I'm, you owned it. You owned it. You're like, yeah, I'm having a little peanut butter and ice cream for dessert. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm full. I'm full. I ate a good hearty meal and you owned it. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, you know, it, there is, it's growth. There's yes. Growth and, and I, I don't know where we'll go with, with talking about the training, but the very first evening there was a really powerful exercise um, that entailed communicating a, a dialogue between the mind and the body, mm. and the body and the mind. That might be a really good way to talk about this training, because I know that you don't want to get into details mm -hmm. for anyone who might find themselves called to get involved with this training. With ISTA. With ISTA. Yeah. You don't want to set any expectations right. of what exactly is going to happen. Right. But it might be valuable to just talk about these larger themes. Mm. And so this first night, that theme was... Um, yeah, I guess I could say the horse and the rider. Okay. The mind and the body. The mind and the body. Mm-hmm. And, and how often do we experience dialogue between the two ever how often do we thank our bodies for all that it does you know separating these two entities as if they're individual as opposed to just one blob of being right like there's the mind and there's the body what do they have to say to one another and giving each of them the space to, to have a voice. Hmm. Hmm. It's hard not to ask what that activity was. Ah, yeah. But um, maybe we could just ask, like, what did, what did you gain from it? What did that dialogue sound like? Um, it was the first evening, so I felt a bit modest. Uh-huh. But there were tears. There were definitely tears, emotions, realizing, man, my, I'm so sorry. 
I am so, so sorry to this body that has been carrying me. You know? So I found so much gratitude and appreciation and love. And, and, and then I was able to see it without the, that dysmorphia. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I teach these mindfulness classes in preschools. Mm-hmm. And to my last few classes, I've been telling them, I've been making this fun story out of the experiments uh, in the Hidden Messages of Water. Mm. Where in that book we learned that if we say I love you to water mm. and look at the water crystals, they become beautiful images. And if we say I hate you to water and then look at those crystals, they are strange and ugly. And um, so I make it into this fun story with this mad scientist. Um, and I said, you know, if we can, if we can do that with water and the water feels it, what about our own bodies? And we go into this activity where we start, I, I just am like, all right, let's get the energy built up and let's start rubbing our feet. You know what? I love my feet. And I don't even have to ask them to repeat me. They just repeat it. They're like, mm. I love my feet. <laughs> and we just like go through our whole body and like loving <sighs> every part of our body. I love my knees. Mm. And then I'm like, hey, Lindell, what part of your body do you want to send love to? He's like, oh, I love my neck. (laughs) That is so amazing. Yeah. So there's a little mind-body dialogue happening in the preschools of Philadelphia. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, these are all tools. We're just gaining tools and sharing them. We just have to share them and really sharing it with the youth, man. We're creating a new world, yeah, but it starts. It starts with. It starts with the self. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So seven days, right? This training was seven days. Seven days, seven years, <laughs> seven hundred <laughs> lifetimes. Yeah, something what is like time? That. <laughs> training like that. Yeah. What um, What other moments kind of stood out? Gosh. How do you wanna? Describe it. Paint the picture for us. (laughs) You got sick again during the training. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, so the first demonstration of my sickness seemed as though it was a purge to clear. This one seemed as though, again, it was a purging. Um... But it was painful, and it was painful in my gut, in my stomach. And it felt as though I was blocked. It felt as though I wasn't ready to experience the session that we were in. And this session was dealing with self-pleasure. And it was really emotional for me because I felt that I wanted to be ready. I wanted to give myself that love. I wanted to connect with myself in that way, but my body wouldn't allow it. And it was confusing. And I felt disconnected to myself. I felt disconnected to everybody else there. I felt alone, separate. 
And while I'm having all of these feelings and I'm crying and talking to the assistants and, and the facilitators about it, I'm having this awareness of the, the greater truth, knowing that I know I'm not separate. I know that this is going to reveal itself as something that was meant to happen. You know, I know I'm not missing out because here I am. This is just my experience. What kind of consolation or wisdom did the facilitators offer? Um, a lot of the wisdom that was offered came from a place of presence and support. So, wow. yeah. Not, like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah. And, not, and, and really allowing the space for me and everyone else to go through our individual process, however that looked. Acknowledging it, leaving space for the expression of that process to maybe you know an individual or to the group, often to the group. We would have we would share in circle and always have opportunity to express and to share our individual experience and in that however wherever we are individually whatever is being processed is being witnessed and acknowledged and then all that's left what's left right you know what's left if I'm going, if I'm in hell, if I am in complete turmoil and I'm expressing my hell, expressing my turmoil, and it's coming through and I'm screaming, I'm crying, I'm, I'm completely distraught and broken, and I'm doing this in front of, you know, 50 people, and I come out of that release of that, of those tears and look around and see all these people just with me. Boom, what's left? How are they with you? Presence. Just pure loving awareness. You know, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. You know, no condoling, consoling. Yeah. No consoling in such a way where they're pushing away this process. Yeah. You know, I'm free to express and to be in my process. Not to feel like, oh, whoa, whoa, okay, I can't, I can't be here. Uh, to, uh, you're okay, you're okay here. You need tissues, you need tissues. You want, you want a hug? Mm. What can I do? You know, none of that. And, and nothing like, oh, it's, what a shame. Yes. Oh, poor girl. Oh, are you okay? I'm sorry. Hope you feel better. I hope, yeah. I'm sorry you're going through that. No. What do you mean you're sorry I'm going through that? What, you're not? You know, what, what goes... And these, this is how we've learned typically to interact when, when others are going through a process, going through some kind of suffering. And, and to a certain degree, it's, it's natural. It's natural. To, to like... But where is it coming from, right? Uh, I'm thinking of the story where you and Greg were on the hill. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lavina. Great memory. <laughs> yeah, this is like my reference point for exactly what we're talking about. Mm. We're up on this mountain. Greg's knees are killing him. It's dark. It's not a great situation to be in. And I 
start suffering with, Greg, I'm just like, ah, I just want you to feel better. I don't want your knees to be hurting. Like, what can I do? Ah, and I'm like, really, I'm not handling it well. And Greg is just like, Harry, does your suffering help me at all? You know, what, what can you really do to help me here? And it just, it immediately was so true. I'm just like, oh my God, absolutely right. Like, my suffering does not help anyone else's suffering. Mm. What can I do to serve and, and to mm. attempt to alleviate the suffering? It's just what you said, presence and holding space. Mm -hmm. And I'm bringing this up again now. I, I mentioned it yesterday. <clears throat> uh, video recommendation for anyone. The interview with Oprah Winfrey and Thich Nhat Hanh. It's beautiful. Mm. And Oprah asks this great question. Um, it's like, how, how do you interact with someone that is suffering? How, how do you interact with suffering? Yeah. And uh, he said he has these mantras that he talks about. And he mm. particularly is looking through the lens of a relationship. Um, two partners speaking to each other. But he has these mantras where he says like, and I, I'm paraphrasing again. I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's like, I see that you're suffering and I want to understand and I'm here with you. It's mm. like three simple sentences. Yes, and that's it. That's it because then the being who is in that state has the space to let it flow, let it out, express and realize that there's still, there's no one running. There's no one that's patting them on the back like, oh, get better, get better. Because where is that coming from in the one who's trying to be supportive, right? It's coming because, you know, let's, let's use the example of, of the story you told with Greg and yourself. You don't want him to be suffering. You don't, you don't want him to be suffering. You know, it's, it's not helping him. It's, it's because of your own fear or your own desire for maybe to be walking more quickly, to be out of this situation. So how do we truly support one another? We just, it, we just have to be with one another, you know? Not mm. trying, not pushing, not wishing for something mm. more or less, mm. just allowing mm -hmm. and showing mm -hmm. that I am here, I am with you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go through, you can step into the depths of hell and here I am still by your side. Mm -hmm. You know, you were not alone. Yeah. We we're in this together. You know, and, and that comes for the, the joys as well. You know, that was a really beautiful point that the facilitators expressed. If someone's going through a really deep process that's difficult, don't refrain from expressing your joy. You know, no shame, no guilt for, for any of it. Not pushing away any of it because we are a full spectrum. You know, we are everything. We are everything. And consciousness wants to, just wants to be acknowledged. Awareness just wants to be made aware of. And that's all we are. And that's why there are, there's an infinite expression of beings, of, of shapes and forms, because every shape and form 
needs to be expressed. Just, just needs to be expressed. Yeah. Let's take one last little break, and then uh, we'll enter, in, enter into our closing sequence. Beautiful. So, Lavina, in the Ashtanga flow of this conversation, <laughs> uh, I believe we would be entering into Urdhva Dhanurasana. <laughs> if this is the beginning of our closing sequence, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Backbends? You're great. <laughs> you're great. It's a great feeling when you're doing your morning Mysore and you get to Urdhva Dhanurasana. It's like, okay, wow. I'm like, this is about to close out this beautiful practice. Mm. Feel that? Yeah. It's a journey. And it, there's definitely feelings that are interwoven with entering into the closing sequence, for sure. So, yeah, this, this ISTA training. Mm. Um, I don't really know the right questions to ask about it. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of want to leave it to you. I hope that doesn't feel like too open-ended for you. But what do you want people to know about this? And about your experience? My experience. I can say I feel like I went in with an open heart and open mind, curiosity, uh, readiness. Readiness to expand my consciousness. Readiness to get in touch with my myself, my sensuality, my sexuality. You know, because that is another really important point. Sexuality and its perception in society and our culture. It has been so shamed. There's so much shame and guilt around sexuality and and perversion, right? Can you speak to that personally? Yeah, I can. I feel like um it's and and maybe those are really strong words. Yeah. But think about okay, for example, someone can go to a store, go to a section of that store that's for adults only, and purchase purchase with money a magazine with pictures filled with mostly naked women, breasts, right? Depicted in this way for the, the buyer's pleasure, right? You can buy this magazine that's in a private area, tucked away, unseen except when it's bought for then this masturbation that is done in the secrecy of one's room you know hidden not most likely not wanting for someone to come in in the moments of that of that of that pleasuring right it's a secret so with that comes innately there's probably some guilt 
that just is in there. If it needs to be hidden. If it needs to be hidden, right. And all of this, and then it's illegal for a woman to have her breasts out on the beach in freedom. Yeah, it's illegal to be naked. It's illegal to be naked. It's against the law. It is not socially acceptable mm -hmm. to be without clothes. Mm -hmm. But it can be bought. But it can be bought. Right. So what is that? And what does that say about our society, our culture, and our relationship with sexuality? Right. Right. That's that entire situation and and all of the way that it's ma that it's manifested right like that's just one one pathway you know the magazine all this but porn masturbation yeah. and, and you're not saying this to indict shame mm -mm. it's not meant to say like oh you go this in your private right. room and right. do this act right why are you drawing attention to this simply to draw attention to it you know like how how is this affecting one? How is this affecting the, the inside, one's inside? You know, does it feel good to, to be hiding? Does it feel good? You know? And maybe someone's not hiding. Someone's like, hey, I love porn. I love looking at naked people. And, and that's great, you know? If there's comfort in it, then boom, express, be free in that way. If, if, if porn and masturbation is serving, then sure, of course. But I, I think for the general population and for myself, I know that I've felt... I remember when I first experienced an orgasm. I was really young. Yeah, I guess I can share this. Can we feel free to talk about these things? Can, yeah, right. This is a human experience. Exactly. You know, does it need to be hidden? No, it's, it's, it's our body. This is what our body is, is meant to do. And it is sacred. And without the, the knowledge and the communication about this, we don't know how to access the potential, the infinite potential of our sexuality, our, our, our power to manifest, our power to create. Okay. Where's, what's that connection? What is the infinite potential of our sexuality? And how does that relate to the power to manifest? I mean, I guess we can look at this, our sacral center, and if we're looking at the, the system of the chakras. The chakra system, okay. Mm -hmm. We can look at that and just see, you know, this is where our, our ovaries are, our, our testicles, our, our, um, our, our life, reproductive our organs. reproductive organs. And this is how we've come into creation. It's our creative center, whether that be for, you know, procreation or for, you know, sexuality. There's procreation, recreation. Uh, I'm forgetting all of them, but there are like four different categories of what can come from this, this energy, this, this place. Sexual energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just that, that, yeah. And, um, let's see refocusing there's a lot here this is a big topic but let's I'll zoom back to my first experiences with orgasm and 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 what is orgasm it's bliss right 
And it's something that we all, maybe I can't say that we all, but that, that moment of being orgasmic, a moment of orgasm, it's, it's pretty ultimate. It's pretty bliss, right? Surrender. Yeah. And yeah, just falling into that bliss. So how can we not all be looking for that? Right? You know, that's, that's, that's where the thirst comes from. I want to experience orgasm. I want to experience this bliss. Want it. And that's where the perversion comes in and the taking comes in as opposed to acknowledge of, and it, and it comes from ignorance, not knowing from a very young age. It's like when, when we start to masturbate, it's, we don't know what we're doing, right? Often it's at a pretty young age and it's in the privacy of a bedroom. There's this excitement where, what is this excitement? What is this feeling? What do I do with it? Whoa, you know, what is this? I feel amazing. I want to feel it more, but is this okay? Who do I talk to about this? You know, who, who knows? And, and often maybe it would be friends or maybe it would be no one. How, how deep is the secret kept? You know, and if it is, if someone's been blessed enough to speak about it with their parents, what is their relationship with it? It's like, no, 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 don't do that. That's not good to do. Don't, you know, what, what, what is this? What is the dialogue with this? It's, it's not. It's not a very common dialogue. Even if we had parents that were cool with talking about it, like, I didn't want to talk about it with my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I'll bring it back to my personal experience, my first orgasm. I did feel very guilty. I remember asking Jeeves. Remember Ask Jeeves? Yeah. Like, I didn't even know what masturbation was. I remember a friend in, in school told me it was use that word and I said what is that and she told me and I was like whoa that's what I've been doing (laughs) (laughs) and then what did you ask Jeeves is masturbation a sin oh wow what did Jeeves say it brought me to some Christian page and I and of course it's forbidden it's not allowed it's bad so then I still wanted to experience it but now I'm really guilty because now I know I'm informed that it's wrong by the church I'm, I'm informed that I shouldn't be doing this. I'm wanting to do it. I'm not telling anyone. It's then my secret that I'll take to the grave. That I told myself, this is one of those things that I'll just take to my grave. I won't ever tell anyone. So, so now, Ista yeah. is representing this body of thinking, which is saying, like, let's be more open about this. Let's not shame this this sexuality that's yeah. within all of us. It's sacred. It's sacred. Sacred sexuality. You know? But it, and it, I guess what I'm also curious about is how does desire and even lust fit into that conversation? Because, yeah, okay, it's great if we can be open about our desires and, and this sacred journey towards ultimate bliss. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think there is this aspect of that journey, which is like, it's not about, it's not about getting there. It's Mm. not about that end goal of the orgasm. And Mm. it's certainly not about like the lust of looking at naked images of Mm. women or Mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, well, let's look at being a, a young child in the room in secrecy, looking at pictures or whatever it is that brings the excitement, masturbating, you know, ejaculating or orgasming, however it comes. All of this is feeling like, you know, sh oh gosh, this is happening. What's what's gonna happen? I I'm, I want to, and then boom, okay, I'm done. I clean up and boom, whatever it is. It's like all for the for the prize. Yeah. What happens if those walls are stripped away? You know, what happens when there mm -hmm. there are others involved and there's observation or there's communication about what's happening? What happens? when it's okay, when it's not forbidden, when it's not hidden. You know, what what can be expressed when there's freedom, when there's not only freedom, but acceptance and and beauty and honor in in this loving, in this appreciation, in this self-pleasure, in this taking care in this journey of appreciating and loving oneself. Mm. Not masturbation. <laughs> you know, like masturbation, it's, it, there's so much connected to it. But what about self-pleasure? Mm -hmm. You know, what does that mean? You know, what changes when all of the hiding, all of the, the guilt, all of that is, is then softened stripped away and it's it's allowed it's accepted it's appreciated it's it's honored you know it's held to you know a high and 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 there are answers you know this is tantra is, a, is an ancient practice and i'm only you know i have i'm not even i'm not even i'm looking at the front cover of the <laughs> millennia of information that that exists, you know, I just, I'm seeing into this world for a, just a, a brief moment, and I am so intrigued and curious and ready, because through the ceremony and through the sessions and practices that we explored in this training, I've gained such a deeper sense of appreciation for this body that I that I'm in and so much love and gratitude and acceptance and when I am able to feel those things within myself if I can love myself if I can find compassion for myself if I can if I can you know, forgive myself. If I can be comfortable in my own skin and I can stop pushing away and, and not denying desire, not denying these, the hunger, you know, allowing that to be there too, allowing everything to just be there, no pushing away. You know, and if I can cultivate that experience within myself, how is that going to affect my interactions with others? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, if I can feel 
love, compassion, um, patience, forgiveness. If I can embody all of that within myself, if I make a quote-unquote mistake and I forgive myself for that, what happens when I see other people making quote-unquote mistakes? You know, what happens when I see someone who's feeling angry? If, if I, I've, I've experienced anger, I've experienced, you know, I've done things. If I can feel all of these things within myself, how can that not ripple out into my relationships, into my interactions with others, you know? If I can be authentic and comfortable in my own skin, then I can allow other people to be themselves in their own skin, not wishing for them to be any other way because I'm not wishing for myself to be any other way. You know, every, everything you're saying, I think it sheds light on this question that I've had where I've heard it said that, like, sexual energy mm-hmm. is... Um, it's, it's like, that's the energy of the universe. That's everything. Life force. It, it's life force energy. Sexual energy is life force yes. energy. And, and I haven't really understood that, but what, from what you're saying right now, it's like, by deepening your connection with your, your spiritual energy, mm. and by exploring it, it has rippled out into all of these different effects that you're feeling mm. throughout your body, your mm-hmm. mind, and your spirit. Mm. So, you know, we can keep going on and on with more questions. Well, there's something that I want to say. Yeah. Um, due to feeling like maybe guilt because of my desire to experience orgasm or whatever however that's ma- however that's come to be experienced um and then combining that experience with the studies and of 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 spirituality that I've read you know it's like I am not this I am not this I am not this I am not this what am I you know, it, and there has been this theme of kind of stripping away, stripping, stripping, stripping away um, in order to, to align with my spirit, my truth, my, my purity, my, right? So I personally have kind of shut down my sexuality and just to the point where I don't even really, I didn't have any feeling, any, sen- any sensation for... I just didn't feel and I didn't mind I was just like that's fine I don't need to be sexual you know then I I can just focus on higher things or you know however yeah that's um it's that's like I feel like common for some of us on the spiritual journey is like oh any sexual desires are seen as distracting Mm -hmm. distractions from like our true purpose Mm -hmm. and now I just want to express that through this training, my sexuality 
sensuality, my connection to that center was reawakened and I felt, I felt desire. I experienced desire and through awareness, you know, I don't need to be a slave to that desire. It doesn't need to be lust or thirst or hunger in this way that is crippling or defeating in any way. It's, you know, desire can be channeled. And through this training, I feel that I've gained such a greater sensitivity to energy and how to channel and transmute that energy. And if I'm feeling desire and it is coming from maybe attraction or sexuality in this way that is desirous, you know, like arousal, I can channel that energy into desire for life, Hmm. motivation, drive, creativity. Wow. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, like, what do you recommend to someone who's suddenly feeling like very strong sexual desires? And and I'll even use the word horny. Mm -hmm. Like for someone who's feeling really horny, like, what do you recommend? Not denying it, you know, looking at it, seeing where it's coming from. If it has to do with another person, transparency, the power of transparency is like, whoo, you know? Just, and, and this takes a lot of courage, you know, to be completely vulnerable in expressing one's desires. But how does it, how liberating, how liberating to feel confident in, in, in oneself and knowing that safety comes from within, right? And, and, that, and that's also something that I've gained from this experience this this course this recognition that safety doesn't come from any external source feeling safe feeling secure is my own responsibility and nobody can give that to me and nobody can take that away mm-hmm. and if someone is feeling desire you know don't take it don't go to to take that desire because that's where the guilt and shame comes in Right, you know, having to hide or like, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling horny and I wanna and I wanna experience orgasm and I go to masturbate and I get it done, boom, and then I'm, that doesn't feel good, you know, allowing for connection or allowing for that self pleasure. If 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 one is feeling aroused, dive in. Time to connect with oneself. Make love. Make love. Share love. Give love whether it be individually or with a partner or with multiple partners. You know, none of it is wrong. None of it is right. There's no, there's no... There are no rules There's no. This. There are no rules. There are no rules ever. We, it's, it's a box that we've created with our own mind. And we don't need to. Because the only thing that makes it wrong is that feeling of guilt, the feeling of shame. That's when it's wrong. It's not, it's not wrong to be aroused. It's not wrong to be turned on. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful to see beauty and to be turned on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so honesty, you know, transparency. Yeah, just communicating and caring for oneself, caring for others. You know, not not wanting to take for oneself, but wanting to share in an experience, whether that be a conversation, whether that be the exchange of energy, whether that be the exchange of um, sexual interplay, you know, however it's coming through, just being in it fully, embracing, embracing life, you know, embracing every, every taste, every smell, every sensation, you know, not letting one thing go by missed or, or, or repressed or pushed away. Allowing, allowing the anger, allowing the frustration, allowing the rage, allowing the sadness, allowing the grief, allowing it all to be there. Mm, and not labeling it as good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful words, Lavina. Mm-hmm. Beautiful messages. <sighs> and breathing. Yeah feeling the breath and I did learn um, a new breath technique where you know um, ujjayi breathing that oceanic breath that's sounding in the back of your throat in through the nose out through the nose and a breath technique I learned was breathing in through the mouth and out through the mouth and it's a lot softer and I've been exploring meditating with that breath and it allows for a different sensitivity. Just almost tasting the breath as it comes in and feeling the coolness, you know, and just allowing it to waterfall out and just feeling the expanse breathing deep into the belly, softening with every exhale. Really just coming into the present moment, allowing everything to be just as it is, recognizing that it's all perfect, recognizing it's all here, everything is a teacher, everything is, is God incarnate, everything is love, and recognizing that we are that. We are all of it. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you, sweet love.